Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, September 22nd. Today's big idea is on the Alabama Senate race, a noun, a verb, and Donald Trump. If you took a shot of liquor every time Luther Strange name-dropped the president during a televised debate last night, you'd probably be too hammered to attend Donald Trump's rally for him in Huntsville later today. Heck, depending on your tolerance, you might still be too hungover next Tuesday to go vote in the Republican runoff. The senator who was appointed to replace Attorney General Jeff Sessions doesn't just want to ride Trump's coattails to a come-from-behind victory against former Alabama Supreme Court Chief Justice Roy Moore. The 64-year-old is gambling his political future on being able to successfully play the Trump card. During an hour-long debate with his Republican rival, Strange hyped up how close he is with the president. He said repeatedly that they have a, quote, close personal friendship, and he talked about how much they bonded, how they talk on the phone all the time, how he has an open line to the White House. So another um, reason the president's supporting me, and I know you may get tired of hearing this, and you may resent that the president is my friend and is supporting me in this race, but I think it's a good thing that the president of the United States has a personal relationship with the junior senator from Alabama. In fact, it took a full court press by establishment Republicans in the Senate to convince the ambivalent president that he should travel to Alabama at all. White House aides were deeply divided as recently as last week about whether the president should risk humiliation by holding a rally for someone who trails in the polls and who he's actually not that close with. For his part, Roy Moore argued that the president was misled and manipulated into endorsing Strange by Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Moore noted that he has support from former Trump aides like Steve Bannon and Sebastian Gorka. They know what President Trump stands for. The problem is President Trump's being cut off in his office. He's being redirected by people like McConnell who do not support his agenda. Strange replied that that is insulting to the president to say. Then he went back to talking about what good buddies they are. By the end of the hour-long debate, more supporters in the crowd could be heard laughing at Strange's often over-the-top praise for the president. Moore is up in the high single digits during the home stretch, but internal polls show that the race is tightening. Strange has a huge financial advantage, and Trump's late intervention could make the difference. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one. President Trump announced new financial sanctions targeting North Korea as the rogue nation's nuclear and ballistic missile capabilities have reached what U.S. officials consider a crisis point. The new penalties seek to leverage the dominance of the U.S. financial system by forcing nations, foreign countries, and individuals to choose whether to do business with the United States or North Korea. U.S. officials acknowledge these sanctions may not deter Kim Jong-un from threatening the U.S., but maybe they'll slow him down. Kim reacted angrily to Trump's remarks and actions, calling the president a, quote, mentally deranged U.S. dotard. He said he would tame Trump, quote, with fire. Number two, key Senate Republicans have reached a tentative deal this week to allow for as much as $1.5 trillion in tax reductions over the next decade as they attempt to unify behind a key part of Trump's agenda. The Republicans are also more willing to accept controversial, optimistic estimates of how much economic growth their tax plan could create. Those estimates are often rejected by nonpartisan economists as overly rosy. But Republicans still haven't reached a deal on what the tax cuts impact should be on the budget deficit, what tax breaks should be jettisoned, or whether to pursue permanent tax cuts or ones that it might expire after a number of years. They're also divided about how much to cut corporate rates versus individual rates. Any of these issues could derail the broader discussion, but this is likely to be the dominant conversation next week, unless we go to war with North Korea.
Number three, an internal analysis by the Trump administration concludes that 31 states would lose federal money for health care coverage under the Graham-Cassidy bill. The internal report that was produced by the Federal Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services shows that the greatest winners in 2026 would be Mississippi and Kansas, where federal health care spending would more than triple and double, respectively. On the other hand, Connecticut's aid would be cut by just over half. McConnell is working overtime to get the 50 votes he needs to get this done by the end of next week. They're trying to come up with a compromise to get Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski to vote for it. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, September 22nd. As always, you can read much more at WashingtonPost.com daily 202. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you on Monday.